to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. On this podcast, I bring you information, education, advice, and tips from healthcare professionals, scientists, doctors, and everyday people who have changed their lives and health through diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes and are now rocking their best lives. Join me on this journey to rock your best life. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice, as I am not a qualified healthcare provider. The information presented on this podcast is for educational purposes only. Rock Your Best Life and Rock and Rosa Wellness are not qualified to provide medical advice. Please consult your own physician or provider with any medical issues that you may be experiencing. This disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors of this podcast. Hello friends and welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you are having an amazing week so far. Um, I'm so excited to bring you my interview today with uh, Sylvia Tauber and um, she is formerly known as Biohacking Chick on Instagram. Um, now um, she is known as the Sil Sil Taber, and I will link um, all her accounts in the show notes. And you know she's a creator of carnivore snacks, which you know I love, and um, and she also has an amazing health story. She's a she's a carnivore coach, um, so she helps people get back to health. Um, and yeah, she just has an amazing story. We we sat down, we talked all about her you know, her journey, her health journey, and, you know, what led her to create carnivore snacks. Um, and so, you know, if you're not familiar with the carnivore snacks, they are just a really clean um, a snack that is meat-based, you know, and it's really got just these clean, just simple ingredients. And I love that, um, you know, they, they source all their meat from a regenerative farm um, in Georgia. They source their meat from White Oak Pastures, um, which if you're not familiar with that, um, look that up. That is a regenerative farm in Georgia, um, and they are doing really, really great work out there. Um, so, yeah, we talk all about her struggles um, from, you know, a vegan diet, um, you know, um, to, you know, coming here from Poland to America and kind of that shock Um and, you know, all of the things along the way that she dealt with and how, you know, kind of at an early age, she kind of discovered right away that all of these, you know, issues that she was dealing with, a lot of her symptoms were from the food that she was eating. Um, you know, so, you know, in her pursuit to get healthier, you know, she she ended up with more problems, you know, from, you know, a vegan diet and she ended up, you know, you know, developing bulimia, binge eating. I'm not saying that she did that from the vegan diet, but along the way, you know, she just got really severely depressed. Um, and, you know, I just think a lot of those things are connected. Um, you know, a lot of these malnutrition issues, you know, they start with our body and then they end up, you know, really affecting our brains. And that, of course, you know, affects all the choices that we make. Um, and one of them being food, and food is so very important, um, and so, yeah, we go into all of that, um, and how she, you know, kind of discovered, um, Dr. Jack Cruz, and how that helped her a lot, 
and, um, you know, just all the things that she discovered along the way and how she was eventually led to, you know, a meat-based carnivore diet and how she got a lot of healing from that. Um, and, you know, she had a lot of digestive issues. And, yeah, we went into all of that. We talked about it all. And I actually learned a lot from her, you know, about um, different things with digestion um, and, the, you know, the gut microbiome. And, you know, there's so much we don't know about that. Um, I, you know, of course, you know that I, um, struggled with digestive issues for years and finally found a lot of healing myself from a meat-based carnivore diet. Um, and, and I'm able now to add some plants back in and I'm amazed, you know, actually lately I've been able to eat things that I haven't been able to eat for years. <laughs> and of course, you know, just a little bit, um, I don't overdo it. Um, but, you know, it's really interesting how we can really just heal our, we can heal our bodies, we can heal our our microbiome, our guts, our digestive system, everything. We can heal it all. Um, so I hope that you enjoy the story today. Um, and we, uh, we also go into um, how she developed the carnivore snacks and some of the struggles she's had with that too, of course, starting a food, you know, a company, a food, anything with food, I, I would think that would be really, you know, challenging and difficult, um, especially if you have, you know, a certain product that you want to maintain, you know, that, you know, the, not just the taste, but the quality of it all and the packaging, all that stuff. Um, I'm sure that could be really, you know, difficult to control all that quality, the quality control. <laughs> um, I can imagine. But yeah, I had such a great time talking to Sylvia and I'm just impressed by all of her experiments that she does. Um, and, you know, we didn't really get, I don't, you know, we didn't really get into it all, you know, like I, I would have liked. <laughs> we had some time run out, but hopefully next time I have her on, we can talk about some of her experiments. Um, but I had a really great time talking to her and I hope that you guys enjoy this conversation today with Sylvia and I hope that you are enjoying this podcast um, and let me know if you have any guests that you would like to hear on this podcast. I'm open to recommendations and let me know how you're liking this podcast. Um, share it with a friend, um, share it on social media. Um, let me know how you're liking it. Give me a rating or review. Um, I would love to read those on the show as well. So I hope you enjoy this conversation today with Sylvia Tabber. Uh, welcome back to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. With me today, I have Sylvia, Sylvia Tabber. She is a, um, a health coach, a carnivore health coach. She's a biohacker and uh, one of the creators of the Carnivore Snacks. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Sylvia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm really interested in everything you do. I love, love, love the Carnivore Snacks. I just ordered some more. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, they're my they're my favorite. They're my favorite. <laughs> Thank you. And I yeah. love I love all your biohacking experiments that I see you do, and um, and I can't wait to dive into um, your background and you know your health journey and all that. Yeah, let's do it. There's uh, definitely a lot, and pretty much the 
conclusion of it all is uh, carnivore snacks. Not conclusion, but you know, uh, yeah, happen is is it manifested into carnivore snacks. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you know when we're dealing with all of these health issues, it it results in um, just necessity. Like all these, like a lot of my recipes I eat today are just because I. I had to, you know, I had to come up with things that my body wasn't uh, rejecting, basically. Um, but yeah, let's go into your health um, background. Like, how did you get here? What what uh, motivated you to, you know, create carnivore snacks and health coaching and all that stuff? Hmm. It's definitely been a long journey. I grew up in Poland where, you know, we pretty much lived off of whatever our land produced for us or we grew on the land and i came from that to uh, then i was transplanted into united states and of course the food system in the united states it's totally different and from that from poland to here um the shock the nutritional shock that my body experienced um was very dramatic and then started um which is feeling very sick and sleepy all the time kind of depressed um and you know when you go from one country to another country where you barely speak the language and you go to school on top of everything else dealing with the uh, physical ailments and things like that it was kind of very challenging for me and and there were many times when I kind of wanted to take my life, you know, it, it got to that point. Um, from there, I kind of started um, realizing that all my, most of my symptoms were related to the food. And I started playing around with that from the very young age, probably since I was at 13. Or something like that and then in high school kind of started um, diving a little bit more and more into that um, I was pretty active in high school I played soccer and I was in track and field and I definitely noticed that my energy and my performance um, when I was uh, playing uh, had to do a lot with what I was eating and and sleep of course as well so from that, I kind of, you know, started changing up my diet. Then in college, of course, I, I watched all the vegan documentaries where they tried to scare you away from eating meat. And I went vegan. I was raw vegan for three years. And one of the, well, then one year after that, I was eating just fruits. So they call it fruitarian or the 80 and 10 diet. Um, and that messed me up pretty, pretty badly. It depleted my body a lot. I got to a point where pretty much every month I was fracturing my ribs from like stupid things, nothing really intense. Uh, and then uh, my mental health suffered so much on the fruitarian diet. And I, de uh, I developed binge eating disorder that led to bulimia. And it was many, many years of bulimia. And um, and after that, I kind of discovered Dr. Jack Cruz and his leptin recent diet, reset diet. And from there, I kind of started healing. And along the way, I've played around with 
different types of diets, like the bodybuilder diet, the, the, you know, this little six meals every two hours and everything was pretty much for me just eating clean. I never was into heavily processed foods. So it was always fruits, vegetables, meat and fish. Then when I was vegan, it was basically just fruits, vegetables, none of the processed stuff that you see now. Um, back then, there weren't that many to begin with. There was only maybe tofu and um, tempeh. Um, other, and I wasn't. I was very against soy and Monsanto. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't supporting any of that. Um, and grains weren't my thing either. So from the very beginning, I um, eliminated grains and beans and all that stuff. And just pretty much on the vegan diet, it was just for me fruits, vegetables. A sprouted nuts and seeds. Um, I was having some pre pea protein, which later on I kind of discovered uh, it was loaded with lead. And when I did heavy metal testing, my body was loaded in lead. And and so and it, I wasn't even eating it that often either. So it was a little bit that led to a lot uh, toxicity in my body. So from then on, I was kind of trying to find different sources of protein. Um, But it was never the same as later on when I reintroduced uh, meat and fish and and started healing. But from there, I kind of had to go. um, I went keto after the vegan diet, um, but I wasn't feeling well on keto. And there were certain vegetables that were making me sick and and certain things that are considered healthy that for me, if I were to have just like few olives, like I would not be able to walk for two weeks after oh, my wow. joint pain, my knee joint pain would be so severe. It, it was just really bad. Um, steamed or pressure cooked squashes would give me a lot of wrist pain. Um, and I was kind of like figuring out like what caused what. And then I went through um, very bad uh, infection called necrotizing fasciitis. And what that is, is basically your, it's a flesh eating disease. So my body was essentially eating itself. And, wow. um, and on my Instagram, some people ask still ask questions <laughs> where the scars from on my torso That's oh yeah what, yeah so a lot of people think like oh were you fighting like a tiger for, <laughs> for a or something like that i'm like no that does sound a little bit more exciting than what i went through but unfortunately it was just necrotizing fasciitis and it is a very scary um infection many people die from it I was kind of lucky, but I had to go through three surgeries to clean that up. And with those surgeries, um, in between when they were trying to kill off the infection, I was hooked up to a lot of antibiotics. And Mm -hmm. after all of that, and pretty much a week uh, in ICU, when I went home, I wasn't able to eat anything. My stomach hurt so bad. Even drinking water almost felt like I was pouring acid, like an open wound. That's what it felt like in my stomach. So from then on, kind of how was how I started carnivore because eating meat was the only thing that I was able to tolerate that didn't hurt me. Um, so yeah, that's how I went from there with, you know, and then being carnivore for three years, 
um, a lot of things have healed, a lot of mental um, health came back, um, gut health. Um, I don't want to say it has restored for me because it hasn't mm -hmm. 100%. Um, there are certain things with carnivore diet that I um, don't think are able to heal the gut 100%. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's, there's just many things, you know, but that's kind of like a short version of what I went through. Wow. No, that's a lot, girl. <laughs> yeah. That is so, I mean, some people don't come back from that, you know. I mean, it's amazing that you didn't have to have things, you know, your colon removed or your intestines or, you know, all that stuff. It, to be honest, it was getting very close to that. It was very yeah. getting very close to that. And and I was beginning to worry because um, I did go through uh, one surgery that was um, uh, related to colon. Mm -hmm. And and I started worrying that, you know, like things would get uh, start getting worse. So, yeah, I've, I had IBS for many years. Yeah. Um, Crohn's colitis, and then uh, in between all of that, the, uh, dealt with Addison's disease, Hashimoto's, um, oh. like regular, I don't want to say regular, but many autoimmune um, yeah. diseases that people deal with. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of that, you know, in between too. Well, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people say that like once you have like one autoimmune disease, it's kind of a cascade. It, just develops into more and more, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and even and with the digestive, you know, digestion diseases to it, that leads to more and more. And I honestly, I started diving into and doing a lot of research um, for a clinic that I consult uh, for and just for myself into gut health microbiome and all that stuff a lot of the microbiome tests and and things that are coming out that are out, out in the market those are just um it, it's it's really hard to you know tell people uh, when it comes to probiotics that you need this probiotics because in terms of microbiome and the whole microbiota we don't really know that much. We only know like little snippets of it. The The major thing about the gut is that if you can digest your food, if your mucosal lining is damaged, your mucosal lining is not going to be producing the enzymes to break down the food to be, begin with. Mm -hmm. And many people can figure out that they have uh, mucosal lining damage simply by, um, you know, if you have MCT oil or something like that, you know, or the bulletproof coffee, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. and it burns your stomach, you can feel that burn. That's basically your body telling you that there's a damage to the mucosal lining. You have to fix that in order to be able to digest the food. If you're not digesting the food, it doesn't matter what you're eating. You can be eating the most amazing food out there. If you're not digesting it, it may be causing inflammation. It may be, uh, most of the time it actually is causing inflammation. But then at the other hand, you're not absorbing any of the nutrients. So you're basically being malnourished. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to take into consideration gut health. And I do believe that it has to do with, you know, if you take care of that, you can heal your autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. Because thyroid, anything that comes to thyroid, 
is basically a lack of energy for that organ to function properly. So if you're not digesting the food, you're not absorbing the calories, your, your thyroid is not going to function. And then goes the lower energy, malabsorption of other nutrients, um, iron deficiencies, and iron deficiency is actually copper deficiency, but there's a whole different topic. Um, But yeah, I am a strong believer, um, you know, in gut health. And I, I noticed that I've experienced that myself, working with a lot of clients, you know, people who deal with SIBO, who have Crohn's and auto, uh, other um, autoimmune diseases and fixing the gut. I cannot tell you how much, how many people have just by fixing the gut fixed other problems that they were dealing with. So yeah, gut, for me, you know, gut, gut health is priority now pretty much. Gut health, sleep, um, making sure that your environment that you're surrounded is is um, optimal. You know, those things are basically uh, my focus right now for myself and most of my clients. Yeah, no, I I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> I know for me, that's what that that's what drew me to carnivore as well is my gut health, because for me, I it got to a point where I can even eat lettuce. I was getting Right. Yeah, you know, all these pains, and it was like, what the heck? And because I was eating all these healthy plant foods, um, like a whole food uh, keto type of version, and yeah, it was it created a lot of problems for me too. So yeah, and then you know, on the other hand, you have to think about: is it the plants that are causing the issues, or is mm-hmm. it your gut health? You should be able yeah. to eat lettuce or other vegetables. Um, yeah. Not necessarily in the quantities that are being recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that a little bit of some green vegetables is beneficial for the microbiome. Yeah. Um, when it comes to nutrition, this is what I look at, uh, how I look at it. Eating meats, organ meats, uh, seafood, eggs, you know, those are things that nourish our bodies. The things uh, like fibers, vegetables, those are things that nourish the microbiome or feed the microbiome. If you do not take care of both of those, one of them will will suffer. And I can tell you that um, being carnivore for three years, and I was very strict carnivore too, um, I did feel good. But then if I tried reintroducing anything, I would have severe gut pain. And that told me that you know what like it's i think i've healed whatever i could heal with just being carnivore and now i need to really take a look at um introducing other things and really really healing the gut because pure carnivore diet is not going to do it and then along the way um towards the end of my three years of um carnival being carnivore i started developing c diff i started having a lot of SIBO. Um, and other um, issues and that uh, I've learned why that was and it has to do with you know weak digestion essentially mm-hmm. and many people on carnivore who go carnivore and who used to be vegan they go straight from being vegan to carnivore they aren't able to digest the meat simply because you're uh, when you are vegan or even vegetarian your body was not uh, 
used to producing the necessary digestive um, enzymes to break down the meat. So it would take the body a little bit of time to start develop, develop or uh, producing that again. Mm-hmm. So many people at the beginning need a lot of enzymes, a lot of hydrochloric acid, and that mm-hmm. helps them. And with time, they're able to taper off. But um, not many people do that. And they, and I hear them say, you know, oh, carnivore diet is not for me. It's not working, this and that. Yeah, it's not going to work for everyone. But that basically has to do a lot with, um, with the, sorry, with the, uh, with the digestion. So I think fixing. Well, I, you know, for me, I learned, yeah, I was, I was just strict carnivore for like a year and but then I wanted to reintroduce some vegetables and at first it hurt <laughs> but I did it like I found it was mostly the amount like the fiber for me like too much fiber was causing the pain so I started to do fermented and like really cooked vegetables at first and now I'm yeah. at a point where I I can eat like some days I'm carnivore some days I have plants and yeah. It's healed a lot, but I, I realized too, like you said, it's not gonna, carnivore is not gonna heal the whole thing. I think it's just taking away a lot of the irritants. And you know, you can you can kind of have it, you know, you should be able to have some things here and there, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and the fermented foods, a lot of people actually think, oh, there's probiotics in it. Yeah, a lot of enzymes in it. That's what Mm -hmm. many people are realizing. That's why you feel better because they actually help you digest whatever hasn't been digested in your digestive tract. It's been sitting there. When Mm -hmm. you're taking the fermented, uh, let's say sauerkraut or maybe uh, pickles or other vegetables, those help you digest that through. And it's not even probiotics because by the time it passes your digest the digestion your stomach there's not probiotics in it what's the the food for probiotics is the fiber when it passes through it ferments in your colon and produces butyrate and that's very protective to your colon mm-hmm. and and it almost acts like this washing almost like a soap it washes out a lot of toxins people there is some truth to to the point that too much meat causes colon cancer. There is some truth to that. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that for a very long time, just eating pure carnivore you and, and your digestion is not 100%, yes, there is a slight risk you, risk you might develop that. But if you introduce a little bit of green vegetables, that essentially works as a like a, like a soap for the colon. And it helps you out, clean everything out, absorbs the bad stuff, you know, the um, toxins that are in there, and it helps you eliminate it, you know. So I I love the carnivore diet for a little bit, you know, as an elimination, just mm-hmm. to sort of uh, calm down the nervous system, the digestive system. But yeah. then later you have to um, find a way to heal the gut to heal the gut mm-hmm. and the gut heals very quickly. The mucosal lining heals. If it's not super damaged, it can heal within three days. Many people just oh, do wow. three day water fast. That mm-hmm. That's all you need. But then later you have to come back to eating food slowly. 
have a little bit of vegetables, maybe just like two ounces or even three ounces of, of overcooked asparagus or green beans. And that's the key, having it overcooked. Yeah. And that's more nourishing for the body. The, the vegetables that are kind of snappy when they're uh, uncooked, like green beans, um, mm. asparagus, if you eat them raw, they can activate certain fasting um, pathways in the body. Oh. So those are ideal for if you wanted to lose weight. So if you would eat a little bit of uh, raw green beans with some very lean meat protein, um, that's perfect for losing weight. But is that perfect for healing the body or for whatever your goal is? You know, so you have to think about that, too because those vegetables could actually uh, cause more damage to already damaged gut. So mm-hmm. you're in a healing process, you overcook vegetables and you kind of make them mushy, you know, mm-hmm. and you eat a little bit, not bowls of salads yeah. and whatever it may be, because that can actually also damage the mucosal lining. Yeah, as- I, I can attest to that. <laughs> I did that for like four years. I didn't know. I didn't know what you know. I didn't know I was doing all this damage. I thought I, I thought those were good, and I was eating I, all these giant salads. And oh boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't. I think maybe it was Mark Sisson that introduced the big ass salad. Yeah, it was like something. Well, like, and I was doing. I was. I was doing it around the time that he that yeah he announced that and i was like i'm already doing this i'm so i'm doing something great right <laughs> yeah yeah i've been there too but i didn't i like i you know i didn't know that it, it was really probably tearing up my gut even more so by the time i basically got to a more meat based diet i i had no choice like i was like down to meat <laughs> you know i i remember those days too but it was funny when I started first, like I mentioned before, um, with the leptin reset and Dr. Jack Cruz, he was essentially talking about doing a carnivore diet. But he, mm-hmm. he'd say, especially for women, um, women who struggle with binge eating and, and never feeling, feeling satisfied, mm-hmm. he would always recommend have a big breakfast. And that would be maybe... Um, a lot of fish or or oysters and then a little bit of some green vegetable you know and Mm -hmm. for me at that time a little bit was literally like three asparagus pears or something like that or or you know five uh, green beans yeah something like that you know because first of all like i never really cared for vegetables at that time Mm -hmm. and so for me, it was just like, oh, yeah, you know, he's not recommending eating bowls of salads and, and vegetables. So I just went with it. And then um, his next recommendation was um, having, like I said, having a big breakfast uh, of protein. Mm-hmm. And then for the second meal, and for me, the second meal used to be uh, second and last meal would be like 3 p.m. Okay. And that would just uh, meet, you know, and mm-hmm. it worked so well, resetting my my leptin and just feeling satisfied. I was at a point after the whole vegan diet that I could probably eat a whole cow and still feel hungry. <laughs> 
Like, yeah. you know, I'm not kidding. Like I, you know what, where they have like those, um, steak eating contests or yeah. if you finish like the 72 ounces of steak, it's on us or whatever. If you finish that in an hour, I'm like, yeah. I could probably do three of those, you know, oh and then and still and still not feel satisfied so after i finished the leptin reset i remember once um just sitting and eating my uh, regular breakfast and all of a sudden like the satiety just hit me i'm like oh my god if i have one more bite i'm gonna throw up and i literally had like uh, maybe two um eggs or something like that and i felt so satisfied with that and the, if it felt so weird because I've never experienced that eating anything. I could mm -hmm. just eat and eat and eat. And I would look at other people around the table and they would have like few bites of something and they'd be like, oh my God, I'm so stuffed. I'm like, are you serious right now? Like I could <laughs> eat everything from your plate and then finish everything that's still on the on the stove, you know? So for me, uh, that worked pretty well. And, and that's how I started. And having mm -hmm. with the leptin recent, just having, you know, a little bit of green vegetables that really, really worked. And, and now when I reintroduce vegetables, I still remember that time. I'm like, why won't I just do that? I don't have to eat, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, you yeah. know, as long as I get a little bit um, green vegetables just to support my butyrate production, just to, you know, feed the healthy gut, uh, mm -hmm. the healthy bacteria. Um, that's all I need. And and my gut feels way, way better than eating all the raw, you know, romaine lettuces and, and other things. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be all in, all or nothing. And what they say that more vegetables is better. That's not the case. Well, yeah, and I think it also comes down to um, you know, a little bit of bio individuality. We all have to kind of experiment and see what works for us. And we shouldn't just label ourselves with like a diet, um, you know, and then, you know, even kind of look back on our, how our ancestors ate, how they lived. Um, we can learn a lot from that, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. And I think, you know, sometimes when even when you think about the hunters and getters, and you know, I, I do think that women probably um, sustain themselves a little bit of more of wild, maybe berries and things mm -hmm. like that than men did. But I also do believe that when men went for hunting and they couldn't find, you know, or, or kill anything along the way, they probably were chewing on some uh, grasses, wild grasses, you know, because when we were growing up in Poland, I remember going out in the field and we, we called it young grass that started in spring. We would pick the tops of it and the bottom would have like this, almost like a tiny bamboo shoot, but it was sweet and very juicy. So when we were thirsty, we would kind of like chew on that and it was very flavorful. So I can only imagine like those hunters, you know, they would probably find something to chew on that was maybe a little bit of fiber in there, you know, and yeah. that kind of, you know, I don't think they were 100% carnivore, you know, I, I don't think there's anybody out there that was 100% carnivore. They probably did get some um, dirt to begin with. Yeah. Because nothing was as sanitized and, and, clean as it is right now 
definitely some grasses, some some roots or something like that. So, and again, it was probably seasonal as well, you know. No, I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> well, let's dive into how you um, how you came up with carnivore snacks. What drove you to do that? And tell, um, and tell us any exciting news you can with that. <laughs> oh, there's <laughs> there's a lot of news. Well, uh, carnivore snacks, the idea kind of started when I was visiting my aunt in Arizona. And um, I was, I believe, keto at that time. And she already had a business that was kind of producing a similar product. And I started like playing around with her equipment. And I'm like, oh, I could actually make something for myself to, when I travel, like just using her equipment. So that way it's going to be easier for me to just have like a steak on the go. Um, and that kind of like faded away. I, I went back to Chicago and worked my nine to five job. And um, I was kind of happy with that for a little bit. And then things have changed. And I decided to just pack everything and move to California. And I did. And my job in California was basically driving from one city to another city all over Northern California. And I had appointments when I could not stop even at the place like in and out or, or whatever it may be to just like get some food quickly. And I did, you know, I do care about the quality of the meat that I do eat and I want to support the regenerative farming as much as I can. So that kind of working that job kind of made me wish like oh man i wish i could have like a steak on the go that i could just like throw in my bag and and go you know and eat while i'm driving and then you know i remembered uh, the product that you know i created back in arizona and then i started talking to now my business partner mark and he was very familiar with building websites and things like that. So I kind of asked him, you know, if he could help me out. Originally, I was just gonna like create something and, and sell it on Etsy and just like make it small. And, and after talking to him, we it kind of like exploded very quickly. So yeah, um, yeah, out of my own pretty much um, necessity just for having a good quality meat without any of the spices because I did react to garlic and, and onion powders and most of the jerkies out there, they, they have that mm -hmm. and even black pepper. Um, so I just wanted something that was super simple. That was just basically meat and salt. Mm -hmm. And, and I wanted it to be processed certain way as well, because when you bake salt into the product itself, it affects your, your body, how it processes it. So for me, if I do eat something that, let's say even meat that was already cooked with salt on it, it affects the osmolality of salt and it makes my body swell up like really oh. badly. Um, so that's another reason why I don't like the all the jerkies um, uh, that are out there right now because they, they however they uh, dry the meat, they always put the salt first and that's that definitely makes me feel like I'm getting almost like a histamine reaction from it but mm -hmm. it's really how my body processes that salt so that was another thing that was kind of a huge driver for me wanting to 
create something that, you know, I was in charge of the quality um, from start to end, you know, and with Mark having the same um, goals as me when it came to nutrition, uh, he used to have a nutrition podcast and he was always a huge supporter of local small brands that do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And that not only, you know, are good for the human, for the human body, but also from the plat for the planet as well. So this is why we kind of decided from the very beginning that the meat that we're going to source from is going to be from only regenerative farming uh, farms that are um, certified land to market. And then so we're sourcing from places like Wild Oak Pastures out of um, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And we decided to make it all in the U.S., source everything from the U.S. and just, you know, support um, the U.S. economy and create jobs here as well. So um, that was the whole the goal that kind of started <laughs> selfishly but grew into a bigger, bigger mission. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Th those are like the best stories, the origin stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I've kind of watched you grow a little bit. I, I, I love, love, love the pork loin. Um, <laughs> that's probably my favorite now. It, it, to me, it like tastes like a French fry. <laughs> it, I think it's our best seller, uh, honestly. And that's probably my favorite as well. I do like the lamb sliders too, cause they have, they do have a little bit of like lamby taste to it, oh. but I can almost taste i'm like a super taster so i can if there's like any chemical added to anything even though it uh -huh. doesn't say in the package i will taste that yeah. um so the lamb i can almost taste like the herbs and the the weeds that the lamb was eating it's, oh wow it's weird <laughs> our lamb ciders are very fatty yeah um so, and i like that they're kind of crunchy but they're also like fatty so you don't get that like chip crunch but i yeah. just like that, that little i can sense that little flavor that kind of like um there's like lamby flavor but to me it's also like like herby a little bit so i do like that not many people do but well i haven't tried that flavor yet i'll have to try that i've, I've yeah. only tried like the pork loin and then the um the ribeye We'll send you some when we're um, we're out of stock right now. We're kind of in the midst of moving the business to another state. We're very limited in, in production at where we're at right now. Yeah. This is why um, when people, if people are subscribed to our list, we kind of give them an update of what's going on. And um, I believe there was an email that went out today um, about the <laughs> limitations that we are struggling with right now. So we do have the pork loin and the ribeye and we have some eye round. Mm -hmm. um, we're trying to get in on a schedule where we can produce the sliders, um, the lamb sliders. And we have also pork sliders and beef sliders. So we're trying to um, you know, improve our production. And like I said, we're gonna be moving to a new facility. We're in Soon, it, you know, the production issues shouldn't be a um, problem anymore. So, yeah, I can't imagine how hard that is to <laughs> deal with all the ins and outs of, of all yeah. that. Yeah, 
No, with like any the a startup company at the beginning, you do everything yourself pretty much. So, mm -hmm. you know, it is me dealing with production, everything on the production side, and then my business partner, um, who's doing so amazing with everything, you know, on the other side of marketing and also uh, trying to set up the new facility while, while I'm in a different state, trying to, you know, keep up with the production and, and fulfillment and all that stuff. So at the beginning, it is kind of tricky to, to try to do everything yourself. And, you know, it, those are the stages when you might have to, but um, yeah. As we grow, we're hoping that uh, eventually we can hire more people to help us out. Well, what are what have been like the biggest struggles to starting up this um, business? Uh, the biggest struggles were probably finding finding good sources of meat, mm -hmm. um, and because you know the more you grow, the more um, the more material or essentially meat you're going to need mm -hmm. and farms that are there's not that many regenerative farms that are producing at a large scale large enough scale to be able to provide to a company like us so they rather sell to direct to customer or mm -hmm. um or just farmers market and stuff and places like that where they can really get their money back for all the hard work that they've been putting in but places like Wild Pastures, which are pretty big and they have been in business for a very long time, um, they're able to work with us, but still um, they have limits as well. So the hardest thing is probably finding um, regenerative farms that are lent to market certified. So if anybody who's listening this and knows of any farms or regenerative farms that you know might be able to or want to maybe work with us, that would be great. We, we were definitely open and and we'll be willing to start a conversation that would be amazing well yeah that sounds awesome <laughs> yeah i know there's some regenerative farms around you know right up the road for me but yeah they're smaller and 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 they yeah. they are they've been struggling too with uh in the last couple of years with trying to keep up because it seems like now a lot of people um they want they want to just do the subscription boxes and and a lot of times when all you know they'll run they're running out they can't supply with all these with all these demands right <laughs> this is why you know like i i like going to farmers market and supporting the farmers you know even it might not for for the for our business it has to be regenerative and land to market certified. But for my personal um, use, I I want to support the local farmers that are here in Arizona. And there are many that, you know, are doing the best that they can, you know, and uh, growing up in Poland and knowing what it takes to grow an animal and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and make it basically survive through winter time when there's no grasses outside. Mm -hmm. um that's another thing and sometimes that does mean supplementing their feed with something like you know we did it with potatoes that we grew at or our own land and and beets and stuff like that so we have plenty of hay that we save from the summertime 
but that also was towards the end of the winter that was scarce so we had to supplement with other stuff so you know it doesn't necessarily have to be 100% grass fed grass finished but as long as you know i know that i'm supporting a farmer that's doing the best job that they can do and that's local i'm totally fine with that you know i'm 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 okay with that yes i wholeheartedly agree <laughs> Um, well, um, what else would you like to add? What kind of message would you like to send anybody out there who, um, hears your story and, and, you know, maybe is struggling with digestive issues, autoimmune issues? Um, what message would you, of healing would you like to give everybody? I, I remember the times when I, I couldn't figure it out, like what's going on with me. And I had severe brain fog and I had Lyme disease on top of everything else. And, you know, and I felt so weak and I was ready to just like give up. And then I went the other way when I was ready to just get, spent thousands and thousands of dollars on a whole team of doctors to figure out what was going on with me. The, the first thing, it does start with what you're putting in your body. You know, I think that as long as you can cool down that inflammation in your body and in your brain, then you can kind of start thinking rationally and having the energy to, to even feel like, okay, I can do this. You know, I, I, I have enough in me that I can do this. I can heal. You know, so, but it starts with what you're putting in your body, what you're eating, you know, and it may be different for, for everybody. I know many people that carnivore diet helps a lot. Other people, they don't feel good on carnivore diet. There are many people who react to many proteins um, that on the carnivore diet. Some people may only be eating chicken and that feels good to them because they're reacting to beef. So I I stay away from recommending diets to people because they really have to figure out what works for their bodies, um, at what state their stomach is, you know, if they're able to digest certain things, if their stomach, if their digestion death needs support and stuff like that. So I would say start, you know, don't give up, start with eating a diet that's going to cool down the inflammation. If you can fast, fasting is amazing at that. At that, For some people, fasting is, I wouldn't recommend. So again, with that alone, you also have to think about your current state of health. Is fasting right for you or is it not? Um, there's modified fasting. There's also for people with severe, severe um, digestive impairment, there's elemental diets, um, which I have seen work amazingly and provide a lot of the nutrients that they're not able to absorb from even, you know, whole food diets. Um, elemental diets are amazing for that. And they're able to strengthen the body and actually heal the, the gut and the mucosal lining. So that could be another option. But to be to make it just simple, yes, yeah, start with the diet, good quality sleep. Um, go outside, get this, get as much sun as you can, um, don't burn <laughs> because that's not good either. Like that's, that's creating inflammation as well, mm -hmm. but sun is important too on the skin. Um, 
just for me personally, like connecting with nature has a lot of um, benefits on my mental health. And I noticed that if I at least, you know, a couple times a week, if I don't go hiking or being out in water or doing something, um, I notice myself um, having like a little bit darker thoughts and just like lower mood and stuff like that. So for me, I, I know that I need that, you know, I need that in my life and even exercising. Like I know that that's going to boost my mood. So just movement, sun, nature, you know, and good people. Surround yourself with good people. Um, but sometimes it's just as simple as changing your um, diet because that alone will help you uh, result in sleeping better and then having, you know, the strength to change other things in your life. I love it. I love it. That's an amazing inspirational message. Um, and where can people, um, if they want to work with you or or check out more of your work um, or buy some um, carnivore snacks, where could they, how could they do that? Uh, carnivore snacks, oh, they're, we're at uh, Instagram at carnivore.snacks and snacks is with an X at the end. And a website is carnivoresnacks.com. Um, we do have a, on the website, I believe we have a subscription link uh, where if people subscribe, they get um, some discounts on that on, on first purchase and then also all the updates new products are going to be coming out uh, soon so things like that that's for carnivore snacks for me personally i'm just on instagram right now um at sil tabor that's s-y-l-t-a-b-o-r and that's mainly where i'm at and if people want to reach out to me i'm there i'm pretty good about responding um on instagram so that's okay. that yeah, yes, you are. Um, I will link all that to in the show notes as well. Um, so people can get all that goodies, all that good stuff. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Sylvia. I will let you go. <laughs> it's been amazing chatting with you today. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed this episode today with Sylvia. Um, and I forgot to mention that she does have a discount code. If you want to try the carnivore snacks for the first time, um, it is first 15 and I will link that in the show notes as well. Um, and I'm really excited to bring you these guests, these interviews. Um, and I really hope that you will do me a favor and just share this episode on social media. Um, if you are enjoying it and give me an honest rating or review on Apple podcasts. And, um, you know, don't forget to go over to my YouTube channel. I have these interviews over there as well. And um, it is under Rock and Rosa Wellness. And don't forget to go over there and like and subscribe so you can see all of the interviews on there. And uh, next week on the podcast, I will be interviewing Kelly Hogan. Um, so she is a actually 11-year carnivore. Um, and she has an amazing story. She was actually one of the first persons, you know, first people that I kind of, um, you know, you know, heard her story about, you know, how she just ate meat and how she was able to heal her herself and lose a lot of weight in the process. 
Um, so I'm really interested to have a conversation with her. She's awesome. Um, go check her out if you don't know who she is. It's Kelly Hogan. Um, and and I'm I'm really excited to have these conversations and some of the guests I'm going to be inter- interviewing. Um, I'm sure you guys are going to love. Um, so I hope that you are are loving this podcast, and I will see you guys in the next episode. If you enjoy or find value in this podcast, then please consider supporting Rock Your Best Life on Patreon. By becoming a Patreon, you'll help us reach more people and continue to create great content. There are exclusive perks available, such as private conversations with me, early access to content, and so much more. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash rockyourbestlife. Check the episode show notes for the link, and I will see you there.